what do you want to be when you grow up? This question gets posed to us many a times throughout our lives. As children, we all dream about what we want to be when we grow up. Some of us define that dream based on what adults in our lives do, characters on television shows we watch, or roles we learn about in books. Some people know exactly what they will do when they grow up. Others do not know until the first couple of years of college or even later. Welcome to Keys to the Future. My name is Gabby Coe and I'm a senior systems engineer at one of the most successful engineering companies in the world. In this season, I'm presenting a series of conversations with many experts, most in science, technology, engineering, and math, or STEM careers, who will provide a glimpse into their professional world and hopefully inspire you to learn more about what they do and help you explore career options. According to the American Psychological Association, as our lives become more complex, more psychologists are needed to help families and businesses tackle stress and also to meet the ever-growing need for mental health services across all racial, ethnic, and age groups. Psychologists provide help in a wide range of health issues. For example, for individuals, psychologists can help get the most out of life by managing any stress, anxiety, and other mental health problems they face. In a business or industry setting, psychologists can help teams and the entire organization operate more effectively and efficiently. They work in many settings, for instance, in schools, universities, hospitals, prisons, veterans medical centers, community health and mental health clinics, businesses, nursing homes, and long-term care centers. But I'm not going to pretend to know more about psychology. Remember, I'm an engineer. I'm very excited to introduce you to my very special guest, my niece, Dr. Vanessa Aguilera, a clinical psychologist who will share insights into her day working with patients. She will also tell us what skills are required to be a successful psychologist and offer advice for anyone thinking of a career in her field. I would like you to meet Dr. Vanessa Aguilera, a pediatric psychologist and a very special psychologist to me because she also happens to be my niece. Welcome, Dr. Aguilera, and thank you for sharing insights into your career. Thank you so much for having me today. I am really looking forward to getting to share a little bit more about the field of psychology. We live in a stressful society and seldom do we take stock of what may be affecting us and course correct. Until recently, mental health was not even a topic of conversation. We tend to think that we're the only ones living a particular situation and forget to check in on one another. The need for mental health services is ever growing across all racial, ethnic, and age groups. This is a very complex field and it wouldn't be smart for me to pretend I know much about it. So can you tell me, what does the title psychologist mean to you? That's a great question. Um, and it's also kind of a long-winded answer, but I will do my best to sum it up in a way that um, will be most helpful for those that are joining us today. So the title to me, psychologist, is someone that seeks to help either the mental or the behavioral health of those in the community or in a specific population. I say mental and behavioral health because oftentimes when we, when we think of psychologists, we think maybe what we see in popular culture, on television, or when we think about just kind of run-of-the-mill mental health-related issues like anxiety, depression, those sorts of things. But there's a whole other aspect of that that has really grown more in recent years, and that's the behavioral health component. And that's a little bit more 
related to health psychology, developmental psychology, and some of the other subsets of psychology. So for me personally, I view myself as someone who kind of practices at the intersection of those two fields. Wow, that's really interesting. You mentioned mental and behavioral aspects of mental health. And so how did you become interested in having a career as a psychologist? And is it everything that you thought it would be? Yes. It's something that's actually somewhat personal to me. I, I always knew that I wanted to be in a helping profession. I knew that that was something that was important to me and that I love working with people, that I love building relationships with people. And actually for a long time, I thought that I might become a veterinarian and work with people that have animals, that love their animals and kind of um, work alongside them to take care of their animals. However, I found that was not quite the right career path for me. And in high school, um, I came into contact with a clinical psychologist, which is one of those subsets of psychology that I had mentioned earlier. Clinical psychologists are the ones that are typically practicing with people. So they're the only ones that have a license that are able to do what you might consider therapy or different types of intervention services. So late in high school, I came into contact with a licensed clinical psychologist that was in health psychology through some, some, some family-related health problems. And I was fascinated by the way that this psychologist was working in a medical context with other providers and providing support to families as they face different health challenges. So I decided to look more into that and I love it. I love the field because it is so broad and there are so many different things you can do as a psychologist. As I said, my training is as a clinical psychologist and so I'm able to actually provide intervention services, but there are so many other subsets of psychology that there really are a lot of different avenues you can take it in. So you went from veterinarian to psychologist. I remember that. I think that it's really interesting that an adult in your life made such an impression on you that led you to find out more about the profession and made a difference. Now, I've watched you grow up, but one can't ever know all of the work that goes behind the scenes, so to speak. For instance, you studying into the night and preparing for projects, etc. Can you talk to what key steps you took to get to where you are in your career and was it a straight shot there? I won't say it was entirely a straight shot because as we just reviewed, I wanted to be a veterinarian, which is very different mm -hmm. from a psychologist. So I actually started out in high school in a kind of in a magnet program that was a STEM program. So it was science, technology, engineering, mathematics. As a psychologist, I do still 100% like psychology is a science, but it is more of a social science, although there are certainly biological aspects of it as well. And so going through that program in high school, I think still prepared me for this career, but would have was a little bit more specialized towards maybe having a career in medicine or technology, those kinds of things. So that was maybe a little bit of a sidestep, but certainly still prepared me for what I wanted to do and that I had a really good foundation in some of the biological aspects that are certainly still salient to psychology. Then um, I had the influence of a very important um, person in my life, my father. He told me when I started college, if you wanna be a psychologist, like you gotta finish this thing all the way through. And he was right because with a bachelor's degree in psychology, while you certainly maybe learn a lot of interesting things, there are very few field-related things that you can do with a degree, with a bachelor's degree in psychology. So I got my bachelor's in psychology and I loved it and I became more interested specifically in children and working with children and families. And then at the end of my bachelor's degree, 
I knew that in order to actually practice psychology, I would have to go on to get both a master's degree and a doctorate degree. At that point, there's kind of a crossroads. I don't know if you want me to get into that right now, kind of the different crossroads that you can go in psychology. But for me, I decided to get a PsyD, which is a doctorate in psychology. The alternative option would have been getting a PhD, which is a doctor's in philosophy, and then with a specific field being psychology. So I went on to a a PsyD program in clinical psychology, and I did my master's and I got my doctoral degree. And now I am getting ready to launch my career as a licensed clinical psychologist with a specialty in pediatrics. I love that. I love that you have a STEM foundation. I think that is a key element to problem solving and can be very instrumental in helping your patients. I know you're a very busy person. Can you describe a day in the life of somebody in your career? So as I said, psychology is broad, and I wouldn't say that one day is the same for any single person. But for me, specifically as a clinical psychologist and someone who works in the pediatric setting, so I work in a hospital. And so for me, what I love about this and what I love about health psychology is that you're doing a lot of different things. And so one day I might be seeing three to five patients on the inpatient unit and talking with them about um, kind of their medical diagnosis, helping them to cope with what they're going through, uh, helping families if there are issues with treatment adherence, which is not something that people often think about, but younger children, as you might guess, have some difficulty acclimating to procedural distress, so getting needle sticks, taking medications, having scans, those kinds of things. Those are all things that I would do as part of my job. I also see outpatients, so patients that are coming to the hospital maybe for just routine checkups that maybe also are experiencing anxiety as a result of the health problems that they had or that are having some depression-related symptoms due to social challenges related to their, their medical diagnosis. And then I also do what we call assessment. So that's something that as a clinical psychologist is really one of the big distinguishing factors between a psychologist and a mid-level provider, like a social worker or a counselor. So a psychologist is able to provide diagnostic assessments, psychodiagnostic assessments, and neuropsychological assessments that better tailor kind of those interventions and those treatments. So as my in my job, in my daily life, I do a combination of both some of the behavioral support that we talked about earlier, some more traditional mental health related services, maybe in an outpatient setting, and then also those diagnostic assessments that better help tailor the intervention. Well, that that sure sounds like a a very diverse day. Uh, You mentioned helping people, patients and families, and also help them understand the medical terms and terminology, put them at ease about different procedures that they may be going through or have to go through. That sounds like a, a very busy day, but also very, very challenging. So in your opinion, what skills and abilities and personal attributes does a successful psychologist need to have? To be a successful psychologist, I think one of the greatest things that will really benefit you is having a hunger for for knowledge, for curiosity, right? And I think that that is something that is true to a lot of fields, but I think in particular for the field of psychology, it's not something that you ever really finish learning. And again, I think that could be true of many fields, but It's not a field to go into if you kind of want to to start something and then just be done and your career that you start is the same as the career that you end with because you're constantly learning, you're constantly growing, and the field is constantly evolving. So I think just curiosity for knowledge. I think a second thing is just being compassionate. So that's something that you can't teach. You can't learn it in a classroom. 
And I think really having that desire to build relationships with people and walk with people through whatever challenges they may be facing, whether it's in healthcare, like what I do, or it's in more of a community setting, or if it's in the forensic field and working in the prison system, there's a lot of different places where psychologists work. But I think across the board, being compassionate and being able to build relationships with people to help them overcome life's challenges is, is crucial. I love that. You said compassionate, build relationships with people, walk with people through the challenges they're having. That is very impactful to be there to help people go through their challenges and maybe help them come out at the other end as a better person. That's very impactful. I love that. What is the most important or rewarding thing about what you do each day? That's a really good question. I think. I think it's hard to nail down to one thing, but I work with children, right? I mentioned that earlier. And one thing I love about this population in particular is seeing how resilient they are. So the children that I work with are experiencing a number of really, really significant major health problems. So the uh, the population that I specialize in is actually pediatric oncology. So working with children that have cancer, as you might guess, having cancer as a child, having cancer at any age is probably one of the greatest challenges that a human being can face. But as a child, it adds a different layer of difficulty because they are facing things that most children their age do not face. When people age, oftentimes, especially in older ages, a lot of older adults have health problems. But the vast minority of children have really significant health problems. And so they face a lot of difficulties with getting to balance being a child with also having a significant medical challenge or medical problem, rather. And so for me, the most rewarding thing of working with children that have complex medical needs is seeing how absolutely resilient they are, where they can go through chemotherapy and they can go through radiation and they can go through these really, truly excruciating medical treatments and procedures and still laugh and still find joy and still want to interact with those around them and still do things that other children their age enjoy doing. And I think that that is what makes those harder days all the more doable because I know that I get to come back the next day to be with kids that are going through hard things and are still trying to find joy and find laughter in life where they're able. Wow, that's so compelling. What's the most challenging part then of being a psychologist? I think sometimes, again, as I said, One of the greatest traits that I think is important to being a psychologist is being compassionate. But I think with that, there also comes the balance of the fact that you are hearing people's really heavy problems or challenges or barriers or whatever it is. And sometimes all you can really do is hold that, hold whatever they're bringing to you. And over time, yes, you hope that you you help them to cope. But sometimes the situation they're bringing to you will not change. And what you're looking for is trying to just bear witness to what they're going through and accompany them in whatever journey that might be. And sometimes it's hard to not be able to change that situation and not be able to do more. You always feel like you want to do more. And I think sometimes as a a psychologist, being able to hold that and just acknowledge what that person is going through and provide comfort and support in whatever it is without maybe always being able to change that situation. Wow, you said comfort and support. That for a lot of people means a lot just to be there present in their and helping them through whatever challenging situation they have. That's very compelling. Um, (laughs) Are there any obstacles you had to overcome and what kept you motivated to continue on your journey? Well, I will say it is not a short path to becoming a (laughs) psychologist. It's not as long as medicine, but it's still not short. So I did 
uh, nine years of school plus a year of fellowship. So that's, so that's even after high school. So about 10 years total of training after high school to become a psychologist. Um, and for some people, it's even closer to 11 or 12. And so I think being able to persist um, when many other people my age were off already working, doing other things, starting families, traveling. I knew this was a field I was committed to. I knew there was never a point where I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. But I certainly had days where I'm like, man, this is long. I don't know when this is going to, to be done. I, I didn't always see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I think just the, the length and the time that you invest in this training can be difficult. It can be draining at times. But I will also say that there is no other job that I would rather be doing. And I certainly still feel that this was the right career for, for me. I love that. You said perseverance and it really is an investment in your future. And to reap the benefits, you have to keep your eyes on the prize and work through the challenges, even when just taking one step at a time seems like so much work. So what is some advice that you like to share with our students or the audience thinking about pursuing a career in psychology? One piece of advice that I would have is ask around if you're taking psychology classes in undergrad. As I said, there's so many subdisciplines of psychology. I'm trained as a clinical psychologist with a subspecialty of pediatrics, and that is really the direction to go in if you want to work doing clinical work, working with people, doing kind of what you might think of as therapy, intervention, assessment, those kinds of things. But there are so many other subsets of psychology and clinical psychology is not for everybody, but you might still be interested in the mind. You might still be interested in the brain in itself and want to figure out how behavior works and how that impacts the way that people work in the world. You might be a systems oriented thinker and be interested in the way that people interact, but not really want to do the individual work. So a career in industrial operations psychology might be better for you. Or, as I said, if you're more interested in the biological piece, a career in cognitive psychology might be more interested in you getting to work in a laboratory, getting to work with model organisms like mice, rats, those kinds of things. So I think the biggest piece of advice I would have is if you're interested in human behavior, if you're interested in mental health, take the time to explore the different subfields of psychology while you're in undergrad so that you don't end up in a field that you're more limited in, that you don't really enjoy. And also recognizing that there are so many possibilities. So making sure to get to know the people around you, your professors, mentors, and ask about the different career paths that you could have if you did decide to pursue a career in psychology, whether that be clinical psychology or one of the other many subfields that I mentioned. Dr. Aguilera, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me today. I really enjoyed getting to talk with you. Remember that education plays a key role in defining your future path. To make progress, only you can take the steps in the right direction. Thanks to my very special guest, my niece, Dr. Vanessa Aguilera. Thanks to Kurt Krauss for graphics design. Thanks to Roger Coe for endless reviews and encouragement. And thanks to Joe always. If you like Keys to the Future, please share it with your friends and let them know they can subscribe to Keys to the Future on Anchor Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review. You can also follow Keys to the Future on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you for listening. I'm Gabby Coe, and I'll be back next week with another episode of Keys to the Future.